And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk. Are you a church member, a pastor? Did you quit a church, or are you thinking of joining one, or you're not even interested at all in churches except because your brother-in-law is a deacon? Well, today we're going to talk about the importance of unity within the church and how church splits can occur, how they can be avoided. We're talking to the Reverend John Rich, a district superintendent for the Midwest District of Christian and Missionary Alliance, and if you've ever wondered about how to approach these things and how to glorify God out of these situations that are potentially very destructive, uh, you need to stay tuned. I'm an attorney and partner at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We're all followers of Jesus and focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning, nonprofit administration, and protecting religious freedom. Pro-life work, we love to do that. We love to do whatever we can to protect those little guys. You can find more about us by going to maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. The Christian Missionary Alliance focuses on developing thriving local churches in order to motivate and mobilize believers to effectively proclaim the gospel. The Midwest District covers Illinois and Indiana, including nearly 70 local churches and ministries that span the social, economic, and ethnic spectrum. Uh, Reverend John, I suppose with 70 diverse churches, you've probably never seen any splits or any conflict. We work in perfect <laughs> harmony. We've never had any conflicts with any, within any of our churches. And, and what? <laughs> of course, that's incorrect. Uh, yes, that that that's that's how that was meant uh the splits that threaten christian missionary alliance churches are are a little different than those that uh in, involve the presbyterian or methodist churches leaving denominations uh, you really have more internal sp- splits where a congregation uh, uh and a pastor are at odds is that correct? Yeah, that would be more more than norm. I mean, once in a while, a church will choose to leave the denomination or ask to leave the denomination. Um, but that's more of a rarity for me than a normal occurrence. For the most part, I work with churches that are staying within, but a group of people is choosing to leave or live in some level of conflict with another group of people. Yeah, as I was, uh, as we were chatting before uh, we came on the air, I, I mentioned that as as a lawyer, I'd done bylaws and worked with many churches, uh, uh, setting them up and talking about uh, how they can have procedures and avoid church splits. And there seemed to be uh, an attitude that, well, that's not a risk that we face, uh, uh, Attorney John, and maybe you've had that to uh, Superintendent John. Sure. That's not a risk we face because we all love God. And we're all serving God, and if we all stay in unity with God, 
we're not going to have a problem. Now, is that true or is there a fallacy in there? No, there's there's an assumption of that in many cases, but we see over and over where personal preferences about styles of ministry or even personal preferences about beliefs uh, create tension that can lead to conflict. And if not managed, if not uh, appropriately uh, dealt with, can certainly lead to congregations coming apart at the seams or splitting. Well, if people have an affiliation with the church and they want to manage those problems or avoid those problems, what are some of the things that you suggest? Well, one of the things that we do within our system is we try to maintain a healthy relationship with churches. And by uh, focusing on that, or at least attempting to focus on that, we try to spend time with churches when they're not in trouble. So we develop relational connections. The hope is, is that whenever tension begins to build, uh, I'll receive a phone call, one of my ministry team members will receive a phone call or an email and give us an opportunity to get in on the front end. The quicker that we can get in as a uh, distant but still member of the family to listen, to engage in conversation, to give both sides of any topic or issue an opportunity to voice their concerns, their perspectives, and then hopefully work towards a solution, the higher the probability that we'll find solution without deep conflict. And that's something that really being in a denomination can help. When it does, we have yes. people out there who are in independent churches, and they don't need to worry about the denomination pushing them around or taking advantage Correct. of them, but they don't have the resource of having a neutral party and uh, someone who can hear both sides and come in and help with, with the healing process. So I suppose you would say it's probably better to affiliate than not? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm a denominational guy, right? So uh, it would make sense that I would say that. At the same time, though, I, I know that at least my personality is wired that I want to help the big C church, not just the little C church. So I just made an offer within the last week to uh, meet with a church that's not a part of our denomination. I said, no strings attached no expectations, but if you'd like me to come in and meet with you and just talk through things, I'll do that. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk with the law firm of Malk and & Baker, and today we're speaking with Reverend John Rich of the Christian Missionary Alliance to discuss church splits. Now, John, uh, you gave us some helpful info about resourcing the denomination when a split seems to be occurring or there's or there's at least conflict within a church. What can members and pastors do um, on their own, if they're an independent church or even if they're a denominational church, uh, other than going uh, to the denomination and, and sort of appealing up uh, the hierarchy? Sure. Well, certainly there are, there are a lot of great resources out there. One of the ones that I personally endorse, but we as a denomination endorse, is Peacemaking Ministries. Ken Sandy was the gentleman that began that. Some great books, some great resources. Uh, Peacemaking Ministries, I suppose they have a website. They do. I don't know exactly what the address is, but I'll bet you could Google it and get it pretty and, quick. And Ken Sandy, it's S-A-N-D-E, is that? I think two E's, I believe. Okay. But... Uh, this is a group that follows biblical principles of conflict resolution, and, and we've used them over the years. Actually, it was started by the Christian Legal Society, and and they are good at making peace. They have a, an expertise. So bringing right. in outside, outside help. Yeah, and there are other organizations. I mean, even though we are a denomination, we've worked with another denomination uh, in Lombard, Illinois. There's the Mennonite Peace Center. 
And so we've actually had them help in one of our churches as well. So, so there are resources out there that are not specifically tied to denominations that independent churches or even denominational churches could go to. Okay, and, and the Bible says if you have a conflict, go directly we love to, Matthew 18. to your brother and tell him his fault <laughs> uh, just between the two of you. And then if they won't listen, bring in two or three others. Do you find that churches do follow Matthew 18 in the reconciliation process there, or is that sort of uh, foreign to American thinking? The concept is not foreign, but the application is foreign because people begrudgingly ad uh, adopt that or engage in that. And it's primarily because nearly everyone that we run into does everything they can possibly do to avoid any kind of confrontational conversation. Oh, conflict avoidance. What a great point. So you're, you're saying don't sweep the conflict under the rug. Don't let it fester. But bring it out, and how do you, how do you well, first of all, why do you think uh, believers do that, and how can they recognize uh, this, this behavior and, and try to correct it? I, I think many times we in the church feel that it somehow tends to be not nice to graciously voice uh, differing opinions. And so we, we try to be nice with one another. The problem is when we try to be nice on the outside, but we're conflicted on the inside, it just continues to boil and eventually it bubbles over. So if we can get past the niceties and just have gracious, meaningful, truthful conversations with one another, it would go a long way to eliminating long-term conflict. Yeah, I, we see that uh, in comparing law firms and churches and all of our attorneys here are in are in churches, and if you're going to be successful as a lawyer, you can't pull any punches. You got to speak the truth in love to each other, and say no, that that legal theory doesn't work. Or you better tear up pages five through ten of that brief and start over. Uh, and if we are worried about hurting feelings, then we're not going to be good lawyers. And if we're not good lawyers, our clients will suffer and, and, and we will suffer. But isn't a church a place where you're not going to be judged and people shouldn't uh, want to correct you, but really just to affirm you because it's not about the brief. It's about uh, feelings and, and feel good. I mean, how do you how do you navigate that tension that a church should be a, a a haven where, where people won't be criticized but be affirmed with the need to resolve conflict. Within our district, one of the things that we've attempted to do for the last 15 years is call people to lifestyles of biblical values, particularly in relational uh, venues or relational areas. And uh, that seems to help. It doesn't eliminate it. Feelings are still hurt. Uh, people become frustrated, sometimes angry. Uh, people are still people, and so it's going to happen. But we try to, to keep accounts short and get people to talk with one another. Well, coming up, we're going to talk further with the Reverend John Rich. We're going to really ask him about biblical lifestyles and how that helps avoid conflict. Uh, we're talking about church splits and how believers can prevent them. And then when they happen, how we can deal with them. I'm John Mauck, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauck, partner of the law firm of Mauck & Baker in Chicago. And we're talking about how to avoid church splits and when they happen, how to deal with them, how to uh, heal people, how to bring people closer to God and use these stress-filled situations to bring glory to God. Our guest is the Reverend John Rich, District Superintendent of the Christian Missionary Alliance. And John, uh, just before the break, you said that the uh, Christian Missionary Alliance tries to encourage biblical lifestyles and that by so doing, avoid the possibility of church splits or heal them if they occur. What does that mean? Well, first and foremost, we would call people to a, a relationship with Jesus. We refer to ourselves as a Christ-centered Acts 1-8 family. Uh, we want to start with the personality of Jesus. And as, as we learn to live the life that he's invited us into, we also need to practice particular lifestyle decision-making. And we would certainly go to Galatians 5 and the fruits of the Spirit. It's the one thing that the world ought to see in everyone that follows Love, Jesus. Love, joy. As an example of how to live. Peace, patience, Absolutely. kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Did I miss any? I think you pretty much hit them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we should have those things and be filled with the Spirit. That's part of what you mean by a biblical lifestyle. It really is the core of what, what we try to, to implement, what we try to invite people into and say, this is just the, the opportunity that our Father in Heaven gives us as we choose to live in relationship with Him. Okay, well, one of the things we're struggling with in this discussion is conflict avoidance, uh, which is sweeping problems under the rug until they fester and explode with confrontation. Now, using the fruits of the Spirit, uh, love, joy, peace, uh, kindness, uh, peace and kindness kind of tell me, well, well, don't argue about this stuff, just uh don't deal with it, and and then uh, how do I um, not become guilty of conflict avoidance? How do I find that right path, John? Yeah, in, in that case, we have to remember the fullness of Scripture. And so while Galatians 5, uh, Paul's teaching tells us to live in that manner or to exhibit those uh, that, that lifestyle, those fruit of the Spirit, uh, lifestyle characteristics, we also, from other passages of Scripture, are taught that we're to go to our brother when we've got a problem, go to our sister when we've got a problem, and graciously, lovingly confront and attempt to find a common ground. Okay, so so you can confront in kindness. You can. Oh, amen. Amen. You have to take emotion out of it as much <laughs> as possible, but yes, you can. Well, no, if 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 we can just come away with that nugget from from your your ministry here, John. I think you're gonna you're gonna touch and help a lot of people uh, because you were talking earlier. You and I were talking in the break about Jesus and was he a conflict avoider or was he a conflict creator? Uh, what can we learn from his conduct? Well, certainly we could say with clarity that Jesus did create conflict. Uh, the, the fact that he came to this earth with the message that he came with created conflict. The interesting thing, though, is that whenever he entered into conflicted conversations or even harsh conversations from certain people's perspective, he did it in love. He didn't do it out of a self-serving position. So if we can move away from trying to gain something personally from confrontation with someone else, and understand it's all about coming together under the headship of Christ. We're way ahead of the game. So when, when he, Jesus told the Pharisees that they were uh, whitewashed sepulchers, or, or I'm, that may have been the priests, uh, 
pretty confrontational. Absolutely. But you're saying that was in love. That was the truth for their, their best interest? It was the truth for their best interest, and he didn't do it in a way to elevate himself. It's one of the things that we run into so often. Our natural human tendency is to try to make a point and make me look better in my conversation with someone else. If we can get away from that and recognize that it's really all back to the Father, because Jesus was simply reflecting glory and honor back to the Father in the way that it should have in his harsh comments or confrontational comments to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and many others in his ministry life. Amen. Well, uh, these are good, good suggestions. But if the, if the conflict does escalate, and you've often come into the situation where things are spiraling uh, out of control, and uh, there are people are picking sides and uh, raising the ante, so to speak, against each other, and uh, the pastor has resigned, or the pastor's on one side or another, uh, what do you do? What are the next steps that should be taken when uh, people say, you know, we just need to start a new church. We just need to leave. And by the way, we don't need to leave. You need to leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we get to that point, uh, and I've, I've worked through that with some, some bodies, uh, church bodies in the past. When we get to that point, I remind people that we have a couple of things to protect. We have to protect the individuals. So both sides of every issue deserves an opportunity to be heard, even if you come to a place where you cannot come together in unity and if separation is inevitable. If that happens, then we have a community responsibility to the broader community, the geographical community, to represent Jesus well in that. We, after all, are, are his followers. We, we worship together in his name. And so we have a responsibility to, to represent him well. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk of Malk and Baker. We're speaking with Reverend John Rich, District Superintendent for the Midwest District, the Christian and Mer Missionary Alliance, about how to heal church splits or how to deal with them when they become when they become inevitable. And John, I'm going to tell you one of the ways that lawyers look at this, because as lawyers, we often get involved and we try to be peacemakers, not uh, uh, to get, mo get more lawsuits and exacerbate. And we hope, we pray that the other faction has a believing lawyer on the other side, too, that can have the right wisdom. But what we tell our clients is, Nobody owns you. You're free to leave. You're free to stay. You're free to start your own denomination. And if you want to call yourself the Pilgrim Church, um, maybe there'll be a fight over that, but uh, the other group can be the new Pilgrim Church or the restored Pilgrim Church. So really, all we're really arguing about is money. Uh, who owns the building? Uh, who owns the bank account? And you hundred people have been faithful givers, but realize all of that money that's been given to build the building, to pay off the mortgage, that's not been by you or the other side. That's been by saints that have gone on before because, uh, well, usually uh, the church is 10, 20, 50 years old. And so people have, have given for that purpose. So let's just split up the assets and have a peaceful uh, division. If you've got 60 people in your faction and there's 50 here, we'll divide uh, divide by 11, multiply by 6 and 5, and uh, or sell the building to one of the groups. And we found that that uh, 
although it doesn't always heal right away, it avoids much nastier long-term wounding where one side wins everything and the other side loses yeah, I think it's an important point, and 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 a part of that is to to remind both sides that disagreeing over styles or specific perspectives about how ministry ought to be done or how life ought to be lived, if it's still within the broad biblical context of what we find in Scripture, it doesn't mean that the people are evil. It doesn't mean that they somehow lost their faith, and and sometimes we go to that point and well you're you're an evil person because you don't agree with me we we need to back away from that kind of conversation gracious exits gracious departures gracious separations are possible if we remember to honor people and not place so much attention on just the hard assets but remember that they are God's people just as we are God's people well that's that's wonderful to hear and there often are good uh well quote-unquote, divorces or separations that can be edifying. And in our nation, we're facing all kinds of conflicts between Democrats and Republicans, conservatives and liberals, and it seems like there's no no middle ground. But uh, are you suggesting, is, is it possible that believers can be a witness even in our own disagreements? Our middle ground is Jesus. If we are followers of Jesus, we come back to the foot of his throne, regardless of what else is going on in our life. And we have a responsibility and we have an opportunity to live a lifestyle and give a demonstration to the world around us that we can have differences with graciousness and even love. Wow. You mean to tell me there are actually instances where church splits have occurred and there's been bitterness and division but people who've focused back in on Jesus have ended up having a positive uh, impact on those around them. Would you give us one example? Yeah, I have uh, uh, experience with a church. Uh, one of our churches in Indiana went through a very difficult time. Leadership fractured. Multiple leaders left the church, including the lead pastor. Uh, out of that, uh, several people landed in other churches. It took some time. But over a period of time, we found that many of those people came back together for special occasions. They celebrated together. They hugged one another. They loved one another, uh, particularly in times of stress or, or loss within uh, friendships within the, the families. And so, yeah, it can happen if we part well. Well, Reverend John, thank you for speaking with us today. Uh, if people are interested in peacemaking or the Christian Missionary Alliance, uh, what's your website address that they can go to? The best place to go is cmalliance.org. It's our national uh, website. And on that website, by using the search engine, you can go to Peacemaking Ministries and other things that we do in that whole realm. Uh, thank you, John. It's been great thank having you. you and and this is going to be evergreen. And you can... If you want to hear all of this and you miss part of it, you can go to MalcBaker.com. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Mauk and Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at MalcBaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. have to serve somebody Yes indeed You're gonna have to serve somebody